I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome to Out of the Blue from Mason Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. A podcast that's more bombastic than any Michael Bay movie outside of Armageddon. I am Jared Stormer of MazenBrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of MazenBrew.com. Andy, how are you doing on this as we record Monday evening? Brother, I'm doing well. You know, the good, nice, relaxed weekend, some playoff football, good news in Michigan land, and you know, it's 2021 still, feeling optimistic. The world hasn't crushed my soul yet. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. We'll <laughs> get there. It was a pretty solid weekend overall of sports. I found myself having uh, constant sports to, to be flipping back and forth between NBA, some pretty good uh, NFL action as well as far as competitive games for the most part. And a lot of Michigan guys in action, too. And a lot of Michigan guys stood out. I mean, most notably the GOAT. But it was a really good weekend. And every game, except the one where the quarterback had four fingers, the games were close and competitive. Like, the weather wasn't too much. Even the Browns made a good push. Kind of, like, low-key became America's team. I feel like everybody was pulling for them outside of Kansas City. Yeah, and I, and I like I kind of touched on last week. I really like that teams like the Browns and the Bills are starting to show up in NFL playoffs. It's good for the sport. And I mean, there's Michigan guys dotted throughout the league now. So to me, I'm a little bit more invested than I am when it's New England every single year, even though they have the greatest living American and Michigan player on them or they or they had that player for so many years. 
the variety just spices it up for me a little bit more. I enjoy it a little bit more. It does. It does. It helped everything, man. The weekend was relaxing. We're going to touch on Michigan basketball as well, but everything kind of feels like it's starting to churn a little bit. Like we're moving, we're getting in a rhythm of football, basketball right now. Although football's winding down, college football's picking up with recruiting and coaching hires. So, man, we're in the thick of it. Yeah, it's it's a weird kind of time because football is still going on with the playoffs and stuff. Things were a little bit off, but kind of ended around the same time that they would normally end. I feel like the college football national championships that same weekend pretty much every year. But things do feel a little bit off because of the shortened year. And pretty soon we're going to be talking about spring football here. But for the most part, it's going to be basketball as we finish up with the NFL here. But there is some news trickling in out of Ann Arbor. And this happened tonight. Like I said, we're recording on a Monday night. And it's unfortunate. It kind of even hurts me to say, but it does sound like Zach Charbonnet has become a victim of this depth chart and will be transferring out of Michigan. It's news neither of you, neither of us wanted to hear, but I feel like we were both kind of expecting. Ever since Hassan Haskins firmly took over RB1 this past season, with Blake Corum coming in and showing out as a freshman, with Donovan Edwards committing to Michigan this this cycle, some something had to give. Zach Charbonnet is way too good to be a number two running back or a number three running back wherever the chips would fall. So he had to get out of there. He's going to go play awesome somewhere else. You hate to see it, but you just can't keep everybody together. It doesn't happen that way. No, there's only so many touches, and who knows if we're going to get a full season again and how many games it will be. And, I mean, he got 19 rushing attempts in 2020. And like you said, he's just way too talented for that. And there's a myriad of factors that play into that. But the number one factor is that he kind of got – just beat out by Hassan Haskins. I mean, it was, they, they, they rolled the, the balls out there and the best man won and Haskins looked like running back number one to me all, all year long and most of the year before. Yeah, it was, it was clearly evident. Haskins took over really in the second half of 2019. And I mean, you were the diehard, I mean, the guy who wanted Charbonnet to get it the most, but I mean, he just got beat out. Just didn't, do what he had to do. Haskins took his chances, won the job, and you know we go forward with Haskins, Corman, Edwards next season, and I feel great about it. I mean, I wish Zach Charbonnet the best as long as he doesn't go somewhere like Ohio State. Yeah, please don't go there or Wisconsin because you could probably destroy it at Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I imagine if he goes to Wisconsin, he'll go for two thousand yards, and that would just be how it goes. Let's go to like South Carolina or something. Like we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah South Carolina. I I don't care at all. It's warm down there. Go. Go down there. <laughs> it's trading the pine trees for palm trees. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. But yeah, you covered it, man. It's just it, sometimes this happens. People get swallowed up and, you know, we can kind of talk about this uh, a little bit more if you want about other places that we see this potentially happening. We've seen it happen at the wide receiver depth chart before this. It's, it, you know, you normally you'd say this is a good problem to have, but with Michigan's production, last year you know we could really use all the guys we could take every single guy that we can and hope that cream will rise to the top here but you mentioned Blake Corum you know really stepping up and may have overtaken him as the number two guy yeah and Donovan Edwards is going to put even more pressure on that entire room he's still tearing up the playoffs which are still going in Michigan because of COVID but yeah, man, nobody was expecting Corm to come on like he did, but the kid was just a missile. I mean, the first play of the season went to him for a reason. So something had to give. Somebody had to be out. I hate it with Charbonnet. 
I would hate if it was anybody, to be honest, but that's just how life yeah. is. And if we're going to talk about other positions, man, this puts the pressure on, I think Joe Milton could be next. Yeah. Another place where you look at kind of the depth chart, just working out in a way where for one reason or the other, you know, with Charbonnet, there were some injuries in there a little bit. Um, but then, yeah, just other guys taking advantage of their opportunities. You look at Joe Milton and it's a similar situation, uh, except with Milton, you know, he had the whole beginning of that season. He had multiple games where he was given the ball, you know, and other than Minnesota didn't really show that he could be the guy. Whereas Charbonnet, 19 rushing attempts feels almost unfair, you know, very <laughs> it, small it, sample size. Yeah, it is a small sample size with Charbonnet, whereas Milton is like, well, you had you had your chance. McNamara had, you know, same number of chances and look what he did with them. It's very interesting, too. This comes after the announcement of Mike Hart coming into the running back room as well. Yeah, absolutely. Evans going to the NFL, Mike Hart coming to the running back room. And I saw an interesting stat that at one point Mike Hart was averaging like 26 carries a game and Charbonnet had 19 rushes, rushing attempts for a season. Jeez. Last year. And I mean, granted, it was, you know, it was a punctuated season and it's not really fair to compare the two things, two different eras, but just it goes to show like how little opportunity Charbonnet had. So we were the most excited coming into this season. I think about our running back room, I think in our position group rankings, we put them as the strongest position group. Correct. Correct. I believe so. I'm not going to take them down too much in next year's position group ranking. I can tell you that. No, and not at all, man. There's the, the top three talent is absurd. And that's saying something about this room. So I wish him the best. And, uh, you know, hopefully he goes somewhere where we don't have to see him. South Carolina sounds perfect. I love yeah, that. Let's, that get that. let's get that campaign rolling. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. We have no, no stake in this. Yeah. Also, Utah here is lovely. Utah this time of year. Fantastic. Yeah. Good skiing. You know, you can do that. Have a lot of fun, you know. Sure. I, I don't know if he's into skiing or how he feels about the strong Mormon presence, but that's mostly what Utah has yeah. and mountain lions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to big sell three. him on the Mormons and mountain lions. It's not Mormons our pitch. And mountain lions, the big three, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yes. And then the, uh, the other news coming out of Michigan uh, outside of the Charbonnet transfer, Mike McDonald, we mentioned last week, that he was the likely candidate for defensive coordinator. Now that the Ravens have officially been eliminated by the Buffalo bills, Mike McDonald has joined the Michigan staff. I don't know how to feel about it, but I'm optimistic because he's young. He's got a good pedigree, like seven years with the Ravens. I believe with Georgia prior to that as a GA comes highly recommended from John Harbaugh. The Ravens defense played well this past couple weeks. They've been good for a while. And yeah, I like the change. You bring high energy, not a super well-known name, but hey man, show it to me and I'll, I'll buy in. You sold me the other night when you were talking about Brandon Staley for the Los Angeles Rams being just a young guy that they identified as an up and comer that had a, a brilliant football mind. Now the only similarities are they are young and white and employed but regardless that's what i'm going off of and yeah. i'm and i, I want to think that this guy is the next brandon staley and is going to be light years ahead of anybody else that's what i have to believe brandon staley got announced uh today as the next chargers head coach so oh did he really i didn't even see that yeah so if mike mcdonald has that kind of trajectory please by that all is, means come here with us a natty that is a meteoric rise yeah, he's just, just 38, only been in the NFL for a few years, began this journey, I think, 10 years ago as a coach, really. So, 
yeah, let's come on, Mike McDonald. Let's get this going. Yeah. I mean, I'd like a guy that's going to stick around for four years and be dominant, but regardless, I I'm talking myself into this hire a little bit more. Um, I just hope that this is that next, next big guy that they catch on the upswing. I, I don't like change for the sake of change. But Michigan needed change at this position after the dramatic drop-off to Don Brown having the 88th or 92nd defense, wherever you look at it. So I'm encouraged by this. I like the youth injection of really helping recruiting, relating to people. I'm sure he's going to be energetic. I would like to see what some Ravens linebackers have to say about this. Maybe some good quotes in there. But I'm, I'm very optimistic. Yeah, I want to hear Ray Lewis come out and be like, y'all need to go play for this dude. That's what I want to hear. I don't. Although he never coached Ray Lewis, I still want to hear that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like, <laughs> please <morale>. say it. <laughs> I want Ed Reed hanging around the facility, like, yeah, convincing these kids to come play. And I, I definitely agree. And that's another part that I'm starting to allow myself to get excited about is the fact that he is young. And we've had Greg Madison into Don Brown with, you know, that little filler there where he didn't really get to recruit too much of DJ Durkin. Um, but mostly it's been an older um, position staff on the, on the defensive side of the ball. So getting younger on the defensive side of the ball with the staff and letting recruiting really pick up, hopefully allowing recruiting to pick up on that side of the ball. I mean, that's what we need the most. So I'm, I'm hoping this is a very intentional move to go after a guy that's going to get recruits excited. I think so as well. Just that injection into the program, something different feels very outside of the box of what we thought was going to happen. We thought it was going to be Jeremy Pruitt or somebody like that, but I mean, Pruitt's available now, but nobody wants him. <laughs> so, so I like this move. I feel like there's a, things we don't know about him that hasn't come out yet. Maybe some good things will, but there's a reason he got this job. He's not just dropping, jumping the line because of some nepotistic recommendation. Like there's got to be more to it. The guy has to have his merit if he's going to coach at Michigan. I 100% agree with you. I want to get back to that Jeremy Pruitt point. But first, I want to take a moment to talk about Homefield, our premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis, our sponsors. And if you're like me, you don't want to sacrifice comfort and quality for your, for your look, for the aesthetic. I still like to look good when I do what I do, but I also want to make sure that I'm comfortable. Homefield offers some of the deepest selections of logos and some of the best comfort for all of your sports archives that you can go to get your logo that you want scroll through print it on your most comfortable t-shirts on your hoodies whatever you want to do uh, get 20 percent off your first purchase at mason brew or with mason brew at checkout at homefieldapparel.com so yes we were kind of talking there for a moment uh you you mentioned jeremy pruitt and you know we still have to fill out the rest of the staff after mcdonald uh there was a name thrown out uh christian robinson who was the linebackers coach at florida we don't really know where that's going yet it's it was kind of announced that he might be joining now it seems like florida's matching um and pruitt who, who we had talked about as a guy for the defensive coordinator job is now embroiled in a scandal so i don't know if you want to bring him on right now either I think people are staying away from Prude at this moment. It seems like a hot time to hire him. And yeah, Christian Robinson seems to be the name they're really going after here. I don't know if he's going to, I don't know where he's going to coach or who he's going to coach, but Michigan definitely seems to be making and aim at going youthful on this team. You know who else was on the uh, Florida coaching staff with Christian Robinson? Who we got down there? Ron English. Wow, man, one of my favorites, a guy that really fell from grace after a, a kind of a failed head coaching stint, and he shouldn't, the guy's a great defensive mind. 
Yeah, he was the secondary's coach there, and uh, they parted ways with Florida. So he's he's out there, but yeah, he and Christian Robinson coached together this past season. So it's kind of an interesting, weird Michigan tie there. That is. Would you want to bring Ron English back? He he coached one of my all-time favorite defenses there. No, I'm fine with that. I like the way Michigan's going. Respect what he did for the program, but I'm not big in revisiting the past to bring back past success. I'm more on the curve of let's be innovative with these young guys and get something new injected because I don't like the, well, this is how we used to do it, so let's do it again. No, let's let's be different. I get it, but Ron English is still younger than Greg Madison, Don Brown, probably younger than Greg Zordich or Mike Zordich. And I'm fine on all of them too. I don't want them either, but yeah. there's, there's, there's a reason why Ron English just got, you know, it wasn't retained by Florida as a secondary coach. Right. And I mean, what do we have for position uh, group coaches that are open? We've got defensive line, secondaries. We still don't quite know about. We don't even Zorich. know about defensive line yet. Newest still hasn't been announced. Yeah, we we kind of suspect it's defensive line and maybe secondary, but we just don't know. So we don't know how many jobs they're even out there shopping for. So yeah, I don't know who who they had uh, you know in mind. And Christian Robinson, I don't know what position they had in mind for him coaching. Maybe just linebackers. I would take maybe... it at defensive line because man. I love Sean Nua. Sean Nua is like your favorite movie of the year, getting nominated for the Academy Awards. Like, it's a funny movie. Like, I love Pineapple Express, but it doesn't need to be nominated at the Oscars next to the Hurt Locker. Like, like Sean Nua is great. He's a fun guy to have, but I don't want him coaching at Michigan. He just can't cut it. (laughs) (laughs) Strange, strange example, right? (laughs) Was Pineapple Express nominated for an Academy Award? No, and it shouldn't have been. And Sean Newis should not be coaching at Michigan. He's a lovable guy, but should not be there. All right. That actually all adds up. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I I really wanted to like him, but I really wanted to like Brady Hoke. And fact of the matter is the guys uh, just can't quite get it done. And yeah, both defensive line coaches. And since Madison's been there, the defensive line's kind of slowly taking a step back and then a step back. Rashawn Gary can cover a lot of warts. So can Maurice Hurst. But so can Chase Winovich. So can Chase Winovich. But without guys like that, I mean, even when we were supposed to have two killers this year, I mean, granted, they shared the field for all of about 19 seconds, but it, it, it didn't see it this year. Yeah, the pass rush was completely non-existent. And credit to Ambry Thomas for coming to Don Brown's defense for it's a COVID season. Yeah, did they forget just how to rush the passer, like basic fundamentals? I mean, come on. like It was a COVID season for everyone else, too, including Rutgers and teams like Liberty, who had much better defenses than us. So Yeah, so that's yeah. that just seems like, you know, a guy standing up for his coach and is his guy. But, you know, the pass rush was completely absent. The defensive line has been getting gashed. And if you're going to play Don Brown's defense, like Arizona's going to find out, if you don't have a pass rush, good luck. Oh, they're going to learn. They're going to learn today. They're going to learn today. <laughs> yeah, you need a pass rush, and you could use a number one corner. If you've got Jordan Lewis and Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich, like, all right. If you have three NFL players in your defense, you might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can pretty much say that about any defense. You've got, like, actually, they had way more than three NFL players in 2016 yeah. on that defense. Yeah, you're not kidding. So if Same half of your defense is going to play on Sundays, you know what? Yeah. You're going to be good. Yeah, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have the number of NFL defenders that were on that 2016 team. We're also going to talk about some of the Michigan players that are really starting to make the NFL playoffs a little bit more interesting. Um, Not something that we could talk about there for a while, but Michigan guys in the NFL, Michigan basketball, when we get back. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. Before the break, we were kind of talking about some of the playoff action that we were fortunate enough to witness last week. And just really enjoying not just last week, but in uh, the NFL in general, the amount of Michigan Wolverines that are represented now in the NFL. It's been uh, one of the the things that Harbaugh can hang his hat on. It's the whole pro blue mantras come to Michigan to go to the NFL. And that 2016 team was ungodly loaded. Yeah, it really was. We were kind of talking beforehand about how, if you have Don Brown as your defensive coordinator and you have some really good pieces in place, you can have a good defense. We, we had to look that up beforehand, just how many of those guys that he coached in 2016 and 2018 that are still in the NFL and uh, wanted to see. I think I can do this. We kind of talked about a few of the guys, but I haven't looked at the list. I think I can name everybody on defense that's still in the NFL. That is still currently in the NFL. That is still currently in the NFL. All right, hold on. All right, my friend, let's let's see it. Brandon Graham. I am correct. Then after that, you've got to skip a few years. Let's go Maurice Hurst, Jared Wilson. Um, who else? Was Brandon got? Graham on that team? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, was, okay. I, was, I was like, I was just thinking all defenders still in the NFL. Before okay, I was yeah, like, before. Uh, Jared? Uh, yeah, he's in the league, but he wasn't on that team. Yeah, yeah. Same with Jared Wilson. He wasn't on that team either. I was just going to do all of them on defense because other than those two guys, you don't really have anybody outside of the 2016, 2018 teams. Fair point. Yes. Uh, but then, yeah, 2016 team, you're going to have Chris Wormley, Taco Charlton, Maurice Hurst. You're going to have Chase Winovich, Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, Kalik Hudson, Lavert Hill. We couldn't really figure out. Is Lavert Hill still on a roster? Lavert Hill is on a roster. Lavert okay, Hill plays for Lavert Hill plays for the Eagles. Jordan Glasgow was on that roster. I don't think he was on campus yet. Ryan Glasgow was. Then. Ryan Glasgow was, yes. Ryan Glasgow was. Jo- Jordan was as well. I stand corrected. Good job. Okay, Sam. Jordan and Ryan Glasgow, yeah. both still in the league. Um, in the secondary, that means we have got to be talking David Long. Correct. Josh Metellus, who I maybe already said. But he is in the league. Jabril Peppers. Correct. Can't believe it took me that long to get to Jabril Peppers. But... <laughs> um. Man, I feel like I'm missing like one or two guys that are probably more prominent 2018 guys. Uh, all right, who am I missing? Kalee Hudson. I said him. Okay, Delano Hill. Delano Hill. I was thinking in the secondary. I'm like, who am I missing? That's Jeremy Clark. 
Is Jeremy Clark in the league? I believe he's still in the league. Uh, wow. Let me double check. I know. These guys we don't think are they won't be there. Yeah, Jeremy Clark is still in the league. He plays for the Jets. Yeah, Delano Hill. I oh, nope, he's out. he's in the Canadian Football League now with the Rough Riders. Point Jared. Ah, there we go. All right. But uh, Delano Hill I missed. And Ben Gideon. Ben Gideon. I forgot he kind of showed out there for the Vikings when he first got drafted. Yeah, I think he's still playing well. You know, not like he was, but – yeah, he will. Oh, free agent now, no longer with the Vikings. So again, oh okay, yeah, he started out playing really well, but still some guys playing quality minutes. Rashawn Gary looking like a guy that we were we weren't necessarily wrong on him. We said it would take some time for him. Like, Brandon Watson. Him. Oh wow, very wrong there. Okay, we yeah. Were wrong on <laughs> uh, yeah, Brandon Watson was another one. Uh, Mike Dana more recently. Who's one that we've been really wrong on, and who's one we were really right on? Real uh, offense or defense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offense or defense for this particular question? Because yeah, I mean, we didn't even talk about the entire offensive line being yeah. drafted. Uh, Brian Monet is also still in the league. Wow. Uh, I was really wrong about uh, Zach Gentry. I can't believe he's still on the Steelers. Yeah, still on the Steelers hasn't really made much of an impact though. But he's still on a team. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say Jared Wilson, if I had to say of all the guys in the NFL that I thought would have staying power, I never thought Jared Wilson would be in the league like eight years later. Yeah, that's a good one. Also, um, one, I think we were both just, I mean, home run on was Chase Winovich. Home run on Chase Winovich. I was pretty high on Mike Onwenu. Yeah, you were higher on him than me, but yeah, he is. Oh, high on Mo Hurst as well. Yeah, both high on Mo Hurst. He's kind of... I wouldn't say disappointed, but I thought he was going to keep ascending and he seems to have maybe plateaued yeah. with Oakland. Um, Jordan Lewis is one I was wrong on. I keep saying he needs a, a change of scenery. He needs to be given a chance to be like a number two corner because I think he could. Yeah, I was that we were. We'll see. I think you're both right about John Runyon. We haven't really seen it yet. He's played some, but I think that's one we're going to be proven right about. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is much better than I ever thought he would be. Just given what we saw at Michigan and the things we heard about off the field, completely proved me wrong. I did not think he would be this good in year one for sure. Yeah, that's one where it honestly kind of makes you mad because it's like, wow, we had some pretty outlandish talent at receiver, didn't we? Yeah. Now, but Eric Magnuson still being in the league. Yeah, that's a surprise. Didn't necessarily think that. We were pretty high on this whole offensive line coming in. Yeah. So uh, any of those guys succeeding isn't really going to surprise us. Um, the fact that it's Anwenu first doesn't surprise me as much because Harbaugh compared him to like David DeCastro and other guys that he's coached and says he could be the best. Yeah. So. so when he was saying things like that, that leads me to believe and like just how he moves for a guy his size. I was like, OK, that translates to the NFL. Um, but yeah, Devin Bush jury still out on um, that injury was a major bummer. Yeah. I mean, until then, I mean, captain of a defense, amazing rookie season like Devin Bush, I I believe will be just fine. Jake Butt, another one that just can't stay healthy. It's just ah, it feels such so a great. What if feel so bad for him, man? Um, and to tie it back to this weekend, Rashawn Gary, big game this past weekend against the Rams. Yeah, so your your biggest three Michigan guys this last weekend, Rashawn Gary for the Packers, who's gotten better and better and better. Chad Henney, who was at Michigan before I was in college. So like, this dude's been around and Tom Brady, same deal. He was at Michigan when I was like a kid. Yeah. And I mean, both of these guys, there's only four teams playing next weekend. Two of them are going to be represented by Michigan quarterbacks. 
Yeah. And then Rashawn Gary had a sack and a half in the most important game of their season so far. It's like, it's been, it's a good weekend for Michigan. It was a pretty good weekend for Michigan players altogether. DPJ got eliminated, but they're going to be back. And, you know, he's part of that young core. Yeah. Like he'll, I, I think he'll be a major contributor moving forward. And yeah, Cesar I mean, Ruiz got uh, eliminated too. Oh, Cesar Ruiz on the Saints. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Didn't even talk about him. He, I didn't see him that much this year. I didn't he, watch the Saints play a ton. He was guard. I think they ended up keeping Eric McCoy at center and kicked him over. He's like, he, he started, I'm pretty sure, almost every game. Okay. Yeah. Well, Always a guy that I, I seem to to want to pull for. He seems like a nice fellow. His, his name is Caesar. His name is also Caesar, which you just don't see enough anymore. No, great name. <laughs> yeah, you're either a hairdresser, a dog, or apparently an offensive lineman. <laughs> or long enough ago, a, a conqueror. A conqueror, long <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go back far enough. But yeah, I mean, particularly for Chad Henney, Tom Brady, you know, he's known some postseason success. I don't know if you, you follow it too much. <laughs> He's been there, but for Chad Henney, that had to have been an incredible moment, you know, scrambling for 14 yards to, to seal it for Kansas city. And also having some, some really rough moments there, chucking one up for literally whomever might want to come underneath it. But that fourth know, and one was the best moment for Chad Henney since they beat Florida in Lloyd Carr's last game. Full stop. It had to be. That had to have been like, no one has talked about him in years. You forget that he's even there. And then to come in and have that moment and to be talked about again like this, you know, on a weekend when Tom Brady's advancing. And is he going to be called upon again next week? I mean, they were putting um, Mahomes into concussion protocol. It's He could be. It's rumored that Mahomes didn't have a concussion. He had something in his neck. But who knows? If it is, I love that the Henny thing is possible is trending. I always thought that would be more applicable to J.R. Smith, but I like it here anyway. <laughs> it works either way. It works sure. either way. Very versatile nickname. And good for Chad Henny, man. Been in the NFL for 13 years, grinding it out as a journeyman backup, making a hell of a living for he and his family's 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 next generation. So this was a great moment, man. I, I think I was happiest for him of anybody all weekend. Yeah, I would have to say so. I agree. Um, Rashawn Gary, you know, he's been kind of highly touted, the five-star guy. You know, he's not really a guy everyone doubted. Chad Henney's kind of just an afterthought nowadays. So, yeah, he's like, like a trivia question. Yeah, at this point, like, at best. But yet he's out there, you know. He reached 17.5 miles per hour on that run, which is faster than anybody on the Browns' defense. And, you know, Denzel Ward plays on that defense. So Yeah, dude's got wheels, baby. You got wheels, man. Anything is possible. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know where that came from, but good, good for him. And uh, real quick, I don't want to go too deep into this because we're going to do a whole pot on this. But with the guys that we got going to the NFL this year, are there any fits that you would really like to see? For, you know, for the success of those guys, Ambry, Nico, uh, Pay. Let me think. Any fits? I'd like to see Pay get put into a place where he can really pin his ears back sit out there wide outside the tight end. I don't know. I don't know all the techniques off the top of my head. I think it's like a seven tech. I'm not sure. But people would just say that to sound smart if they don't know what it means. But I want to see him. He can really get after the quarterback, but it doesn't have to do it alone. So he's like a complimentary pass rusher because I don't think Quiddy Pay can be just an elite solo guy. So I'd like to see him go. The Dolphins defense played well this year. That could be an interesting fit. Um, obviously the Buccaneers or like the better teams would be a good fit. The Broncos would actually be a really good fit. Anybody playing against side like uh, Vaughn Miller and the Bradley Chubb defense, I think Quiddy Pay could really shine there. I got an interesting one for you. How about the Giants? 
yeah. team that was kind of coming on a little bit. There wouldn't be any rush to where you need to be the premier pass rusher because I think he could be that. It's just going to take some time, you know. And a, a city that's known for its pass rush, or at least you know some of the Giants teams pass. You go join Jabril Peppers. Yeah, That'd be an interesting one as well. Not um, bad. Yeah, for Ambry Thomas, I think somewhere like Philadelphia, somewhere that needs a cornerback now that can come in and play a little bit. Detroit could use a cornerback now. Let him get a chance to to let his athleticism show because he's athletic enough. He could be good year one. Yeah, since Jeffrey Okuda just goes by Jeff now and is not any good anymore. <laughs> he's awful at football, so I'd, I'd like to offset it with a cornerback from Michigan that I actually like. I'd be okay with that. That would be a big help. Yeah, he could – there's a lot of places he could go, man. Um, Obviously, put him in the best secondary in football with David Long and the Rams. The, a ton of places he could go. Nico Collins is the interesting one. That's the that's the one. Uh, you save that one for last. I would he like could be an immediate jump ball threat for a contender. You you give Nico Collins to Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur, and just watch out. Yeah, I like that. Put him in an offense with a quarterback that's you know maybe medium accuracy. Somebody because I mean with that range that he's going to have, he can help somebody. Maybe like a Drew Locke, even though they don't really need a receiver. But somebody who's trying to hone in their accuracy, a Tua Tugavailoa, maybe. I think that he needs a quarterback or a coordinator, though, that's really going to emphasize his skill set. That's what I think he's dependent upon. I mean, he's got one of the more interesting skill sets. This is a crazy wide receiver draft, and Devonta Smith's going to draw a lot of attention. Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, those guys. But Nico Collins is probably bigger than all those guys. He is bigger than all those guys I just mentioned. So he kind of stands apart as a big athletic target, if that's what you're looking for. The Alshon Jeffries always been my comparison for him. What hurts him is that he sat off this season, and then today it's announced there's no NFL Combine. Oh, I didn't even see that announcement today. I, yeah, I was that's, not plugged in today. That's, that's going to drop him to like him. The, that could drop him to the fourth or the fifth easily. Uh, that sucks for him and Ambry, who I think would show out, and McGrone. Yeah. McGrone, who had... That might hurt him the worst. We talked about his tape last week. It's not great. No, so, I mean, he has bad tape this year. Ambry and Nico have no tape this year. Oh, and it's boy. like It gets yeah, tough. Yeah, that's, that's going to cost them some money, unfortunately. But, you know, they, they made the best call based on the information they had. And based on the season we had, they probably made the right call. But at the same time, I think the season goes differently with Ambry Thomas. Correct. And people can have good tape on bad teams. So they could have gone up there and played well and – you know, done different things to stand out, but they chose to do none of that. So we'll see how it plays out, man. See if they have a good pro day that can be stand out a way to stand out. So I don't know. I I hate it for them, but it's just one of those years, man, the weird times. It's yeah. It's tough to know the right thing to do. And you know, the transfer portal, which is an option that a lot of kids are taking advantage of looks like it's going to be an absolute circus in the sense that there's so many people in the transfer portal right now and just not enough roster spots. So, you know, maybe they made the right call, sit out, preserve your body. Even if you get taken in the fifth round, better to do that than have two half seasons, you know, at Michigan where you're not really competing for anything. Take a year off, get your body right, get drafted in the, I mean, fifth round should be the lowest for them. Both of them. Those are still elite athletes. One would think, but Lavert Hill went undrafted. <laughs> Lavert Hill went undrafted, but Ambry Thomas, Lavert Hill didn't do himself any favors coming back. Yeah. That last year, Ambry Thomas not having bad tape might help him, whereas Cam McGrone having bad tape this year and no combine might hurt him. 
I think, all speculation. Oh, 100%. But I think the biggest thing that hurts Ambry is the health issues, the colitis and things like that coming back to haunt him. Yeah, but he came back from that colitis and played like a, a, a really well. Like he played good football after that. And I think that was impressive. And you haven't heard about it since. He did, but I don't know how the medicals will work out because I think colitis can be recurring. And we saw what, I mean, one small medical report did to Mo Hurst. Yeah, no doubt. And this is going to be a bit of a stretch for transition. But speaking of medical issues on players that we all love uh, and switching to basketball, Karis Levert, part of the blockbuster James Harden trade, former Michigan Wolverine and really ascending player, um, had a they discovered a, a mass on his kidney during MRI. And that's kind of blocking that part of that trade right now. So as we shift to basketball, definitely, um, you know, something to pay attention to with a guy that Karis LeVert has really, really been ascending. You hate to see this for a player like him. He's keeping in your thoughts, whatever you want to do with him. But man, it is a tragic thing. I hope it's nothing malignant. Hope it can be easily resolved and hope the best for him. And he was a guy that I thought was one of the big winners of this trade, getting Karis LeVert to a place where he could maybe not. He doesn't have to be the number one guy with that emerging Pacers team, but there's nights that he could be. And there's also not kind of the pressure like that Brooklyn situation is untenable. So I thought this was great for Karis LeVert to get into Indiana. So obviously, you know, just on the human level, certainly pulling for him and, you know, the Michigan level, you always support the Michigan guys, but yeah, just hoping that he can be okay. But on the basketball level, I think, you know, this could be a great fit. So just hoping this is something you know, benign and, and not a major issue for him. I do as well, man. And to your point, the basketball fit wise, it's great. Get away from the circus. You're just going to be a background player there in Brooklyn. Now you get to go to Indiana, play with Sabonis, play with Malcolm Brogdon, guys like that. You're in a much better situation. Yeah, absolutely. So that uh, that's going to lead our pivot over to Michigan basketball, which did take their first L of the season. Uh, a little bit of a revenge game for Minnesota. Uh, this was a game my buddy asked if he should bet on. I said stay away from because of the revenge game factor. It was smart to say that. We both felt a loss was coming. <laughs> a loss needed to come. You don't want your team with the pressure of being undefeated. You played a Minnesota team that's undefeated at home, super motivated to get revenge, and they did. Michigan didn't play their best, abysmal first half, bad second half, but you're going to take your lumps throughout the course of a college basketball season. It just is what it is. Nope, I'm not looking too deep into this one because I was like, all right, after that three-game run, we were getting a lot of national attention. You're going to start to have a target on your back. So I knew this was coming. Um, our schedule is a gauntlet still. Like, we haven't even played Iowa or Michigan State yet. So it, it was obviously coming. No Eli Brooks, which at the beginning of the season, if you would have told me that, I'd be like, great, minutes for Zeb Jackson. That is not the case. This team, uh, Eli Brooks, is incredibly important for this team. And he's become quietly like maybe top three defenders in the Big Ten, which is outrageous, you know, to say that. But he's got an argument for best on the team and his defensive improvement is is major for this team's ceiling. And it showed against Minnesota as well. Well, Eli Brooks is playing with a confidence this year. We'd only seen sporadically, if at all, throughout his career. Like he's just locked in like he believes he's a dude. and He's playing like it. It's great to see somebody actualize their potential like he has this season because you're seeing athleticism on certain plays like, oh, hold on, that's that's Eli, our Eli Brooks? Same guy? So, 
yeah, losing him in this game really hurt the versatility, the switches, the rotations. Didn't help Mike Smith posted a zero scoring-wise. I mean, it's just one of those games, man. It happens. Yeah, it's going to happen. You're not going to have all those guys off. And Eli Brooks, from what I can tell, it won't be you know too long that he's out. So there's going to be other games, too, where, you know, like I said earlier, you're going to get everybody's best shot. That's just what happens when you put yourself on the map. This was a game that, you know, really nobody outside of Isaiah Livers truly showed up for. Even Dickinson had one of his worst games. So it's just sometimes your shots aren't falling. The team doesn't have the mojo. They'll get it back, though. And I have no concerns that this is going to start to form a trend. But four or five losses are going to be a thing for this team. Just get used to that. Yeah, you learn more from your losses than you do your victories. So they take it on the chat, take it on the chin, keep moving. Juwan will have this team ready. Yep, I'm not too worried. We are recording on a Monday night, so we are going to miss the Maryland podcast on this one. Make sure you turn into Broom, Trevor, who else is going to be on that one? Vaughn. Chris. Chris will be on that one. Yeah, those guys will break it down for you. They do a much better job than we do getting into the minutia of the game. Uh, Any final thoughts on anything that we've discussed tonight, my friend? Recruiting. That's going to be the thing to watch with this influx of young coaches on the Michigan football staff. That's why they're being brought in. It's a culture change, as it say with, we talked about last week with Mike Hart. I think that continues with the youthful coaches coming in. And I watch the recruiting trails because if things are starting to turn, the tides are starting to turn, it's going to happen in recruiting first. I love this point. I want to do a small pivot on it that I think that recruiting actually starts with the transfer portal, which we mentioned just being a wealth of riches right now. I think it starts there. Your recruiting isn't actually your next incoming class. It's guys you can get to help you in 2021. And now that we know what defense we're going to be running next year, McDonald, Harbaugh, and company can target those individual players. So any idea, have you done any background? Do you know what you think he's going to be running? I mean, we, we can only really speculate based on some of the teams he's coached with. but I don't have the slightest clue what he wants to run. I mean, the experience, it seems like he's been with a 4-3 most of his tenures. I don't know. That's what I'm going with. I, I, I figure they're going to be aggressive, um, try to be athletic, linebacker position like everybody is. But I really can't go into specifics. But I'll tell you, RIP the Viper position. Yeah, that's one thing that you can probably expect to change in some way, shape, or form, but hopefully you can find a way to keep Michael Barrett on the roster because I really like him. I would imagine 4-3 is more likely the switch to the 3-4 just based on personnel. Unless you go in and you really hit, I mean, there's like three Clemson defensive linemen in the transfer portal. You get all three of those guys, you can run whatever you want. Yeah, there's three Clemson. Yeah, they have three uh, players in the transfer portal, and they still bring back their entire starting eleven. From this season. Yeah, and Chris Olave is coming back to Ohio State. Is he really? I didn't see that. Yes, he is. Yeah, (laughs) it just, yeah, it makes me sick. Just what I was believing in God. (laughs) (laughs) That's your first mistake. That was that. But yeah, Trey Sarban's gone. Fields is gone. It's okay. Life moves on. That's true. Like we were saying, it's easy to, you know, maybe talk yourself into it. They got a freshman quarterback next year. They'll probably hit the transfer portal and get somebody ungodly. No, we're going to beat him out now. Mike McDonald. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, the happy meal. All right, brother. Uh, All right. Any final thoughts? So let's get this win against Maryland tomorrow. Get it back on track. Absolutely. Next time we talk, we'll have some Michigan basketball to break down to. Hopefully the coaching staff has been filled out. 
Until then, make sure that you like, share, subscribe, check in on all of our podcasts and articles at amazingbrew.com. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that you wherever you go, go blue.